Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Would you like to say you're welcome? Yes. Welcome to the history of everything <clears throat> sex. Sorry, <laughs> getting a little sick. That's your second. Getting a little sick. sick don't want to. It's <laughs> my. I either sound like what's her name, Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Turner, or Marge Shot. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> or Marge Simpson. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. So this one's a little bit different. Um, Wait, what's your name? I'm Melinda. I'm Terry. And we are here with another episode on the history of everything sex. Yep. And this one was a very backward um, episode for me. It's so funny. Um, I'll do the episode first, and then I'll kind of tell you how I got uh, onto this subject in the first place. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, I'm just going to jump right in. We have all heard the term S and M. Rihanna even has a song by that name, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that most people know that it means sadism and masochism, or as it's mm-hmm. more commonly called, sadomasochism. Um, but maybe not everyone knows what that means, and probably fewer know where the terms come from. So today we are talking about the history of sadism and masochism. Very cool. Yes, the terms themselves is what we're talking about today. So we'll start with sadism. Um, According to Encyclopedia Britannica, the definition of sadism is a psychosexual disorder in which sexual urges are gratified by the infliction of pain on another person. Okay. Now, the extent of that pain can vary depending on the sadist's preferences. So it can be like mild and relatively harmless. It can be harsh and quite uncomfortable. It can be severe and ultimately fatal or anything in between. So it's a whole spectrum of sadism. Mm -hmm. Now, for some who enjoy sadism, it's the physical act of hurting someone. And then for others, it's knowing that the other person is suffering. Hmm. So you get enjoyment either out of inflicting pain or it seems kind of the same but it's a little different knowing that the person that you're inflicting pain on is suffering so this the probably the action and the result and the result or the effect right and of course Mm -hmm. maybe it's both for some people too Mm -hmm. now the pain that is inflicted is usually physical but it can also extend to emotional or mental pain. Some people casually enjoy occasional sadistic sex play, and then others can only become sexually aroused or satisfied if sadism is involved. Hmm. So, you know, um, now the term itself was coined in 1965 by Kraft Ebbing, who we actually have come across in past episodes. Kraft Ebbing is the author of Psychopathia Sexualis, 
which is a guide to all things sexually abnormal, or at least what was considered abnormal then in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. So where did Kraft Ebbing come up with such a word? Well, he actually took the term from the man who most famously wrote about sadism, Donation Alphonse Francois Marquis de Sade. That's a mouthful. Jeez, that's a big name. That is not who I thought you were going to say. Right. And some say that it's pronounced sod and some say sad, but I go with sad because it's easier for me to remember. Okay. So sad was born June 2nd, 1740 in France. And when Sad was still very young, his father left and his mom, for whatever reason, secluded herself in a convent Um, with, you know, you would think dad leaves, mom would party, Um, but not so much. She did the opposite. Not so much. Yeah. I bet you that made him very sad. Uh, Sad. Sad was sad. Yes. So with no parents around to raise little Don. His health and happiness became the responsibility of the paid help that lived in the home. Hmm. Naturally, the servants were at his beck and call. So is it any wonder that he became a spoiled brat who expected to get any and everything he wanted? Right. Right. Maybe he he wasn't that sad. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. He got over it. Yeah. Got over it real fast. He had his early education taught to him by an uncle. And then later he attended... Lycée Louis Le Grand mm-hmm. in Paris. <laughs> and this would have been like what we currently think of as high school. Um, it was very affluent and it was pretty much just for rich kids. Not surprisingly, Sad was a problem student. He was often the recipient of floggings and whippings as punishment. Spoiler, this really stuck with him over the years. So, Because he had been born into a prestigious family, when he joined the French military in 1754 at the ripe old age of 14, he was not a lowly new recruit. He was immediately given the title of officer. Mm. Then in 1763, at the end of the Seven Years' War, he decided to move on. The military life was not the life for him. So... Yo-ho, yo-ho. Exactly. It's not the life for me. me. Mm -hmm. Soon after returning home, he entered into an arranged marriage with René Palagie de Lanay. These are, these are. I'm terrible. Did you grow up in France? You I mean, this is coming very easy for you. No, I'm just effing it all up and people Mm -hmm. are, hopefully don't know too much French. They're going, oh, she's. (laughs) Wee wee. <laughs> um, so Renee, as I'm going to call her, uh, was the daughter of a wealthy, prominent family of power. The two together had two sons, Louis Marie, which is a son, mm-hmm. uh, Donatean Claude Armand, and they had a daughter, Madeline Laure. Mm. Again, we're just going to go with that. We're going to go it's with that. Close. Right. Okay. It's got those letters in it. Right. Now, very soon after the wedding, he started having affairs and hiring sex workers. And he would have the prostitutes over to his little love shack, which was separate from the family home. Mm -hmm. And he would abuse them in various ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, he would sometimes get arrested for this and spend a few weeks in jail. 
but mostly it was all kept on the DL until he got carried away in 1768 with our hero, Rose Keller. Now, Rose was a young prostitute who, on Easter Sunday of that year, had the misfortune of being picked up by our boy here. Mm-hmm. He took her to his little house of horrors where he was, where she was trapped and abused. Mm. Luckily, somehow, she escaped, and Rose was not going to keep quiet. She told everyone in the area what she had been through, even showing her injuries to strangers, and so Sad was sent to prison. Good. Previously, his mother-in-law, very wealthy, had pretty much been able to buy him his way out of jail for him, Mm -hmm. but now that everybody knew what was going on, he was pretty much he, he needed to pay the price mm-hmm. four years later in 1772 after his release from prison he and his male servant hosted an orgy where they enjoyed the company of some prostitutes as well as each other mm-hmm. there's some question as to whether sad intentionally gave these women spanish fly or if they helped themselves to some laced candy Either way, the ladies got really sick, and they claimed to have been poisoned. Mm. When Sad and his servant were arrested, they managed to escape and flee the country and avoid the death penalty that they'd been sentenced to. And Sad not only took his male companion, he also took his female lover, his wife's sister. Oh, my. Okay, I have a question. Oh, please. You said the ladies were poisoned. Right. Or they, they, they felt that they were poisoned. Yes. And then you said they fled because no. they got the death penalty? Yes, because it was thought of like, um, uh, what do you call it when you try to kill? Attempted murder. Attempted murder? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And I, I'm assuming it's also because Sad was already, like, he already had some, like, uh, felonies under his belt or, you know, at least a little bit of a rap sheet. Yeah. So it wasn't like this was his first offense. Right. So they were just like, this guy's dangerous. Right. right. Gotcha. Okay. Right. right. Okay. Sorry. No. So we were, he means. took his uh, sister-in-law. Yes. He took okay. his, his male servant slash lover mm-hmm. and his female lover slash sister-in-law mm-hmm. and went on the run. But he eventually returned and committed his worst offense yet. Deek. He and his wife, who had forgiven him for, you know, running off with her sister, mm-hmm. kidnapped six children. What five, the heck? Right. Five girls and a boy. He, they locked them in his house and for six weeks, they sexually abused them. Oh my goodness. Come on. These yeah. are all just very bad people. Very bad people. Absolutely. Damn. When they were discovered... Sad again escaped to Italy. So once again, he runs off and doesn't face the consequences. Mm-hmm. And yet he still turned around and came home again on November 4th, 1776. Um, at this point, he went right back to his evil ways. And thanks to his mother-in-law, who was over it by now, he was taken from his home in the middle of the night to Paris. And this time, he was sent to the Dungeon of Vincennes on February 13th, 1777. Oh, okay. So 
I don't know what the Dungeon of Incense is, but it sounds terrible. It does sound bad. So, sounds like a bad prison. Yeah. So, while imprisoned, he wrote a novel on a scroll of paper in such tiny font that it could only be read with a magnifying glass. He kept this hidden in the wall of his cell. The name of the story is 120 Days of Sodom. This horrible book depicts the most sadistic, imagine that, Mm -hmm. violent, depraved abuse of people. Many, many scholars have declared it unreadable. Wow. That is saying something. That's got to be good. Right. And so just just enough uh, to give you all an idea without, you know, making you hurl your, your dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever you've eaten. Um, it's generally about four sons of bitches, a judge, a bishop, a banker, and a duke who hold 28 children and teenagers, both girls and boys, captive including their own daughters, doing incredibly awful, painful things to them, eventually murdering them. Even the murders were committed in the most pain-inducing, torturous ways. Now, the story is divided into four parts, and each is named a month. So it's November, December, January, and February. And each month told of escalating torture and sexual abuse of the children. Now, Sad was not able to completely finish the work, uh, and we'll see why in just a minute, but he finished the first part and had a very detailed outline of the other three parts. Mm-hmm. Now, even just reading the spark notes or cliff notes, as we older folks like to say, yeah, just made my stomach turn. So I'm, I'm really going to gloss over this part. Okay. Mm-hmm. So November was the month of simple passions. In this section, the bastards don't have sex with the captives. Instead, they masturbate on their faces and eat and drink feces and urine and make the victims do the same thing. Uh, And this is the nice version of this. You're welcome. Right. December is the month of complex passions. And let's just say it's full of rape, incest, and flogging. We'll leave it at that. Okay. January, my birthday month, is the month of criminal passion and i'll just remind you that anal sex or sodomy was illegal at the time okay enough said yeah february your birthday month Mm -hmm. was the month of murderous passions and i'll just leave it at burning and skinning alive disemboweling you can use (sighs) your imagination or not to fill in the all the holes so we'll just that that's enough that That was right Enough to make you want to. Yeah. Right. So back to the story. In 1789, Sad was moved from his prison in the Bastille to an insane asylum for acting crazy. Uh, You know, that's why they move you to an asylum. (laughs) Right. And shortly after the Bastille was stormed, it was assumed that the scroll had been destroyed. And according to Sad, he wept tears of blood over the loss. Obviously, it was not. It was found by some dude who eventually made some money off of it, which is why we know what it contained and what it was about. Mm-hmm. Now, in the insane asylum, Sad was allowed all his fancy things from armchairs to a library of his own 
books that he liked. His wife was allowed to visit. She brought clothes, food, whatever he wanted. So mm -hmm. living the life of luxury in his uh, insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where he wrote his famous novels, Justine and Juliet. And these novels were full of his typical sadist sexual acts. But Juliet in particular, this depicted a woman as the sadist. And it also just happened to mention the Pope at the time, like mm -hmm. the dude who was truly the Pope at the time. Uh, and in the book, uh, the Pope turned out to be quite a sex fiend and sadist himself. Obviously, this book was not taken very well. Right, right, right. Incredibly, Sad was released from prison in 1790, at which time his wife divorced him. Now, at this point, he was literally broke. He moved in with an actress that he was in some kind of relationship with, and they lived a life of poverty. So he revised his novel, Justine, to make it acceptable enough to sell so that he could make some money. In 1792, he was elected to the government of Paris somehow as a delegate. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, this fuck who, yeah. you know, probably should have been put to death a few times by now. Right, right. He's right. now a delegate. Delegate. He's now a delegate for the government of Paris. It sounds like all you have to do is you commit a terrible crime, then you leave the country, and then mm -hmm. you come back. It's like you pass go and collected your $200. Mm -hmm. It's like you're. You know, it's like now all of a sudden, right? Maybe the statues of limitation was like a week, right? Back or maybe or it's something. like maybe it's like when you leave and come back, everybody forgets what happened. You know, a, right? Like it's a portal or something, right? Right. No so. idea. This is ridiculous. Now his job as a delegate called delegate. I keep saying delicate. 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 <laughs> now his job as a delegate. I'll say it again. <laughs> now his job with the government called for him to make a lot of speeches which he did but since most of his speeches were spewing his atheist views and were considered blasphemy he was again jailed in december of 1793 the following july he was sentenced to death but lucky for him the guy who had sent him to prison this time was taken down and this meant that sad was free to go so <laughs> This is crazy. I know. I know. This Welcome crazy. to the 1700s, I guess. Right, huh? right. In 1799, he released a new version of Justine, his third edition of Justine. And this one consisted of 10 stories plus 100 pornographic drawings that are stomach turning in all kinds of ways. Zero out of 10. Do not recommend it's not it's not fun it's it's not fun porn it's right gross right. porn is it like snuff porn ish mm -hmm. okay yeah mm -hmm. yeah like pedo and oh, just, no, yeah, no 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 not no good stuff no in 1801 napoleon came across the book and he hated it so much that he called for sad to be imprisoned yet again mm-hmm now, from here on out, Sad would spend the rest of his life in prison. Okay, Fin good. Finally. At least there's that. Right. But even in prison, he was still a menace. So he was doing some pretty nasty stuff with the younger male inmates. So he was moved to another asylum in 1810. Here, he met a 14-year-old girl. Sad was 70 at the time. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> 
Oh, because he was at an asylum? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, when you're in a men's prison, you mess with men. When you right, go to the right. asylum. Asylum, then you just, you're free. See, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> so 14-year-old girl. He was 70. Yes. Okay. And the two of them had a quote-unquote relationship. I don't know oh, that word, right? God. Um, until he died at 74 years old on December 2nd, <clears throat> 1814. So it is from this disgusting animal that we have the word sadism. You know what's crazy is I thought we're only going to talk about where the names came from. There's no way. Right. We're going to have enough to talk about. Right. Uh, Yeah. We're only through one word. I sit corrected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I will say that um, when I first started researching him, it was a lot of people's like opinion um, like essays and stuff yeah. and they're like you know he was given um, like the what do you call it? like the bad end of the stick or the short short the end short, of the stick the short end of the stick because they all thought his writing was so horrible but he really was a genius to come up with all that and you know they shouldn't ban books which I'm all about don't ban books don't right, get me right, wrong right, I mean right. I, I I agree with never banning books I think mm-hmm. that's terrible but it wasn't about his writing. It was about no, what he no, did no, right? In there real pe- life, there are people with imaginations that can write like that and right. or create something, but those are words on on those are just words. Exactly. So it, you know, it's mm-hmm. not somebody going out and doing those things and right. creating those. That's why he was crazy. Exactly, and that's why he's not a. I don't even know if I'd say hero, but, you know, Mm -hmm. but yes. So that's why I feel like, you know, yeah, we don't need to be honoring him and thinking that he's something wonderful. Right, right, right. So now we can move on to the polar opposite of sadism, which is masochism. Mm -hmm. So let me introduce you, dear listeners, to nobleman Leopold von Sacker Masik. Hmm. Now, Leo was born on January 27th, 1836. So very soon after Sad was, um, after Sad died. Mm. Now, Leo was born in the kingdom of Galicia and Lodomeria, which we now call Ukraine. Oh, okay. Right. Now his dad was Leopold Johann Nepomuk Ritter von Sacker. That is a name. I am telling you. And his mom was Charlotte von Massick. Fun fact, his parents were one of the first couples to hyphenate their last names when they got married. And they did that because Charlotte was the last of the Massicks Mm. and didn't want her name to just disappear forever. Now, there was a lot of unrest going on in Europe during Massick's childhood. When he was 12, the peasants revolted. Massick's home was destroyed. Now, with all this chaos, what stuck with Masik was the image of his female cousin who, coming to warn him that danger was coming, get out, get out. She appeared in a blue jacket trimmed with fur with two guns and a big knife on her belt, and she was holding a rifle. Hmm. Seeing a fierce, strong woman really became ingrained in his brain. Like this, okay. this really struck a chord with him. Um, Masick earned his doctorate by the time he was 20 and began a career as a history professor at the University of 
gauze. And over the next 10 years, he split his time between teaching and writing books about history. Now, after a few years, he decided to quit the teaching gig and become a full-time writer. He also started traveling around Europe. In 1862, he met Anna von Katowitz, and the two of them had a four-year-long relationship, which ended when Masik discovered she was also fucking his servant. Oh. Yeah, that'll do it. Right. Now, once this relationship ended, he could concentrate on his writing again. So first he wrote a novel based on his relationship with his cheating ex. Then he came up with a novel idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he decided to write a 36-part epic story. And I'll give you a really simplified explanation of the premise of this story. So it's called The Legacy of Cain. We all know Cain. He's the guy who killed his brother Abel. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that because of his murderous ways, Cain released the six evils. Love, whatever, yeah. Yeah. Love, property, countries, war, work, and death. I can definitely agree with work. Right, right, right. Definitely evil. Evil. Exactly. Masik planned to write six stories for each of the evils. Now, he did end up finishing the love and property sets. He partially completed the others, except war, which he never even started. So he kind of gave up before he got done with his whole Mm -hmm. big idea. Now, while he was writing, he met Baroness Fanny Piston. (laughs) And that's these names. Cool. Her name was Piston Fanny. (laughs) Right. Piston Fanny. Is there a piston? Piston Piston Fanny. Fanny. And he Uh, fell hard for her. Who wouldn't? Right. With a name like Fanny Piston. Right. So hard that he asked if he could be her slave. Oh, wow. Right. She, of course, was like, absolutely. Right. They signed a six-month contract designating Masik Fanny's slave. Mm. Masik had three requirements. To be left alone for six hours a day for writing. That she, quote, not demand anything of him that would dishonor him in any way as a man or as a citizen, end quote, and that she wear furs as often as possible, especially when she is behaving cruelly. So okay. He likes the furs. He really likes them. Yes. <laughs> now, as they traveled together, Masik would follow her around and literally take a back seat to her. Hmm. would even travel like she would have first class and he would be in coach so Hmm. mm -hmm. now fanny started an affair with an actor which masik was just fine with because he wanted to be that guy's slave too Hmm. but it didn't work out that way when masik pretended to be fanny's servant and misbehave he expected the man to whip him but it backfired and masik was just made to look like a fool so that did not quite work out the way he wanted it to. So when Masik started one of the novellas in his love series, he based it on their relationship and titled it Venus in Furs. The tale tells of a man named Severin and his relationship with Wanda. And just like Masik had with Fanny, Severin falls deeply in love with Wanda and begs her to allow him to be her submissive. And Wanda plays along, dressed in fur, 
carrying a whip and inflicting pain and humiliation on Severin as they travel, all of which he enjoys immensely. Eventually, Wanda dumps him for another man, one who will boss her around. And Severin, the character in the story, says, quote, Woman, as nature has created her, and man at present is educating her, is man's enemy, never his companion. This she can become only when she has the same rights as he and is his equal in education and work. Hmm. That's pretty impressive for the early 1800s or mid 1800s. Yeah. Forward thinking. Right. So so that book was autobiographical. It was Mm -hmm. exactly about their relationship. Right. This book also became his most read and best known work. There's even a song by the Velvet Underground called Venus in Furs that's about the book. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. Now you know. Now I know. Anyway. A poor girl, literally poor, not like, oh, poor girl, like, yeah, no money broke, poor girl, by the name of Aurora, read the book, and she was really intrigued by Venus and Furs. She had only known a life of wanting and hunger. The idea of a man not only catering to a woman, but asking to be punished when he did not do everything she demanded definitely seemed extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So she wrote to him, and he wrote back. And eventually they met and they married in 1873. Hmm. Masick even changed Aurora's name to Wanda once they met and married. Once they were married, Aurora, who I'll call her Aurora because I think that that makes more sense. Um, Aurora, who was only in it for the money, um, she put up with Masick for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And during the marriage, she was forced to wear furs and rain down punishments on Masick. Even though she was supposedly the dominatrix and he was her slave, he made sure that he got what he desired by refusing to write, meaning not make any money, if Aurora didn't keep up her end of the deal. Hmm. Right. From what I could find, I think that Masik had seven kids. One from a relationship before he married Aurora, three with Aurora, and then three with his second wife. His son, Alexander, contracted typhus when he was nine, and it was during his illness, which ended up killing him, that Masik found out that Aurora was fucking around with a friend of his. Hmm. Soon after they split and the death of Alexander, Masik came to also find out that his friend not only stole his wife, he was also slowly but surely stealing his money. Hmm. Masik was, again, broke no money to his name so he ended up marrying his secretary holda and their relationship was much calmer in 1886 when Kraft ebbing coined the term masochism after masoch Mm -hmm. leo was still around and he was pissed Mm -hmm. though he was not doing so hot in the health department and would soon be placed in an asylum due to some unnamed psych issue. Uh And he died in the asylum in 1895 at age 59. And to top it all off, turns out it was Aurora who filled Kraft Ebbing in on Masick's fetish. Uh The doctor had said, quote, during recent years, 
facts have been advanced which prove that Sacher Masik was not only the poet of masochism, but that he himself was afflicted with the anomaly. Although these proofs were communicated to me without restriction, I refrain from giving them to the public. Hmm. So he was keeping his sources on the DL, keeping them anonymous, you know, right. never reveal your sources kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Well, 20 years later, Aurora would publish her autobiography titled My Confessions, mm-hmm. where she told all the dirty details. And um, how did she feel when her marriage to Masik ended? I will quote for you. Mm-hmm. Free delivered from torment after 10 years, belonging to myself, never to put on a fur coat, never to carry a whip. Wow. Yeah, so she she was real happy to be done She's with it. She's like, finally. Exactly. So that's the history of the terms sadism and masochism. Hmm. And we'll save like the theories and stories behind all that for like another episode. So I just wanted to just talk about the history of the terms okay mm-hmm. but earlier i said that there was like a real roundabout way that i got to this mm-hmm. so i have had the idea for a while to do an episode on sex themed restaurants mm-hmm. okay. right and so as i started looking into it i kind of was feeling a little defeated because i'm like there's really not enough like of a history like there's pop-up restaurants. They might last for a little while, but yeah. there's not like a real, like not a lot of content. So I was like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to happen. But just before I gave up, um, I found out about a cafe that is um, dedicated to the history or the life of Masik. So, oh, wow. Right. That's so it all crazy. came full circle. So that's right. what I want to tell you about next. All right. So let me tell you about the restaurant that is dedicated to all things Leopold von Sacker Masik. So Masik Cafe is in the city where Leo was born. I'm going to say it wrong, but I think it's Lviv, Ukraine. Now, overall, the city itself does not acknowledge this man at all. They more or less think of him as, as an embarrassment Or more likely, they just don't want to honor someone who was so evil. So, you know, some cities will have like, you know, well, let's, uh, you know, they have like a walking tour, you know, around whatever famous person was from that city. But in this case, there will be none of that going on. So, yeah, no, no tour about Masik. But Masik Cafe and Hotel. Yes, there are 14 rooms for rent above the cafe celebrates all things Masik. Now, out front of the building, there's a statue of Leo with a plaque. The decor inside is all whips, chains, torture devices, shackles, and then artwork of like Leo and people doing masochistic things or dressed in leather. Mm -hmm. There are brawls hanging all over the place. And the servers are the masochists here. Okay. They will whip the patrons, spank their butts, put ice down their clothes, and even drip hot wax on their bare skin. Yes. Now, from the reviews, it looks like they're pretty good about feeling out, like, who is up for a flogging and who isn't. And, of course, some guys want to show off how manly they are, and they go home with some serious 
whip marks on their backs. Yes. I bet. These servers will even tie you up and blindfold you while you are in your underwear. So <clears throat> you really have to go to like TripAdvisor and look at the pictures to believe this. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Like I could sit here and explain it all day, but until you see these pictures. Until I see the pictures, right. Yeah, it's really hard. And there's male and female servants. Mm-hmm. Servants. There's male and female servers. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, well, I think obviously, um, like the male servers will pick on the women who are there dining, mm-hmm. you know, and and they said, you know, like sometimes it's kind of a softer, like little whip that just kind of, you know, stings for a sec. And you're like, ha, that's enough, um, you know, but there's always somebody in the restaurant who's like, oh, more, more. And they get more and more. And right, so, right. And it, it gets pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I also wanted to share with you what's on the menu because, oh, you know, please. it's, you know, <laughs> it's a themed restaurant. So you got to right, right. you know, keep it moving. All right. So here's what I could find on the menu. So for excitement is the name of the category um, here. So you can order mental game, which is a cheese and nut platter. <laughs> um, there's horses are innocent, which is a meat platter. I have no idea why that name. That's strange. Exactly. Speaking of which, there's something called what strange extremities uh, do not rush the culmination and blessed time. So I have no idea. Those are very interesting names. Right. Now, under the heading wet pleasure, you can buy, you can order different hard-ons for different folks which is garlic soup with bull's penis in it. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, and then the other option is lightweight horse cart, which I'm not sure what that is. I don't, I don't kind of not. I uh, just, it's okay. Sounds like wood. Yeah. Um, under the heading hot prelude, you can choose from his argument, black room, male instinct, crawl and bag, from the depths of perfection. And I did see that from the depths of perfection is de- um, described as small octopuses with vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Okay, that's random. Under the heading sweet orgasm, you can either get a soccer, sacker tort or something called hostage of love, which is a chocolate mousse with ice cream. Mm. Um, For drinks, you can get Mistress's Dizzying Kiss. You can get Put Your Leg on Your Slave. Um, Dark Red Lips, Wishing to Dance, or A Bit of Trust. These are are very strange. That's very odd, yeah. yeah. And then there's also another section of desserts. Um, And these options are Naked Breasts. Playful banana, El Gringo. <laughs> That's not offensive. Right, um, right. There's one called Tremble, Keep Silent, and Obey. Like that's one whole name of uh-huh. some dessert. Um, conversation between sexes and the first feeling. Huh. So those are yeah. So that's the what I could find of the menu. And the funny thing is, 
it's in Ukraine, right? So the menu is actually written in whatever language they speak in Ukraine, uh -huh. I guess, Ukrainian. Um, but then there's the English version of the menu, and you can find the pictures of that menu on TripAdvisor. But there were sometimes when I'm looking at these things, like the first feeling, and I'm thinking, I wonder if there's something lost in translation. Right. Right. You know, like maybe, like, maybe, maybe it's foreplay. Exactly. You know what I, I mean? Was, yeah, I was thinking something about, I was thinking something about virgin, but now that you say it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, the first feeling. Yeah. Good, maybe good something like that. Like, yeah. yeah, like it, it translates into more than what. Exactly. It, so that, that actually makes sense. Some yeah. of those things. Or even. It would be fun to pick or, that apart. Yeah. Or it could even be like first love. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. First orgasm. First. Maybe. Oh, okay. So since we're going to, since we're talking about um, sex themed restaurants, mm -hmm. um, the, I just wanted to bring up one more because I've been to this one and oh. I thought it was so charming. So okay. in <clears throat> Key West, Florida, there okay. is a dessert restaurant called Better Than Sex. Okay. Which as soon as I saw it, you know, cause it's like tourist attractions to see in Key West. I'm like, I'm there because I love dessert and you know, if it's better than sex, it's got to be pretty It's got to be pretty good. good. Right. So, um, yeah. So this is a neat little restaurant. It was um, it was started by a married couple, Len and Danny. Danny being D-A-N-I, like Danielle. Uh, mm -hmm. Len and Danny Johnson. Um, and they opened the restaurant in Key West on May 20th of 2008. Um, they've now franchised. So... There's a second location in Orlando, Florida, but there's also one in L.A., Plano, Texas, Savannah, Georgia, uh, one of the Carolinas, I want to say South Carolina. So there's like several um, locations now. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so neat. It was it was kind of uh, like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of gimmicky, mm -hmm. but then the more we were there, the more it was like, this is kind of fun. Uh -huh. So like your, your table is separated from other tables by curtains. So you have a little bit of privacy mm -hmm. and then there's um, black and white photographs that, you know, they seem relatively classy, but when you actually look at the picture, it's like people having sex. Oh, wow. so, I mean, it's, it's like, it's porn. It's mm -hmm. like X, you, you wouldn't take your kids here. Right. Um, and then if I remember correctly, when you go in the bathroom, it's, you know, you go in the women's bathroom, of course. So it's going to be, you know, pictures of men and all different forms of undress and, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. And so it, it's all about sex. Like literally everything is about sex. Hmm. Um, and so it's fun. Like I said, it's fun. Um, yeah. they, they definitely cater to couples and the largest group they'll allow is a group of four because it's, hmm. you know, it's not about, you know, oh, we're going to take grandma here for her birthday. Right, you know, right, right. It's more like about being romantic. And intimate, and, yeah. Yes, intimate is a very good word for it. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. It's kind of dark in there and there's chandeliers over every table. And Ooh, yeah. cool. so it's that, yeah. But it, it also feels very throwbacky. Like it doesn't feel like you're in. 2022 when you're in there you feel like you're more in like the 1920s oh cool for some reason I don't know what makes me feel that way maybe it's like the curtains but yeah something. yeah okay but the really fun part first of all these are like 
the like the best dessert chefs ever Mm -hmm. so these are the names of the choices on the menu are of course sex themed Mm -hmm. and then you read about it and you're like oh that sounds really good and they are so good and they're so Mm -hmm. expensive they're very expensive um like Mm -hmm. a piece of cake is a lot of money Uh but it's the experience you know you're getting right 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 so anyway so let me tell you a little bit about the menu okay okay so for cocktails, you have the choice of uh, the money shot, the lucky shot, love potion 69, <laughs> slip inside, peanut tration, or my husband's nuts. <laughs> yes. So those are fun little mixed drinks. For your desserts, you can get between my red velvet sheets cheesecake <laughs> you can get the morning after pumpkin pie forgasm naughty by nature caress my carrot which is what i had because it's carrot cake yeah um and then they have these drinks that are called <clears throat> rimmed so the glass itself has chocolate around like the rim and like the the top of it mm-hmm. which you know you're supposed to what do they say? Like slurp, lick, and something. You know, like yeah, it's yeah, part yeah. of the thing. So their rimmed beers are Dream Box, Gyration, Banana Hammock, uh, Milf Shake, Vanilla <laughs> Vibration, and Man Candy. And then their rimmed wine. You have the options of G Spot, the Climax, Sex Appeal, Lick and Love or tag team <laughs> and isn't that fun that is fun yeah that is you know me in the pun thing so i know you like puns. right up my alley that's really cool yeah so that's my story that's my history lesson today i love it thank you thank Absolutely. you i and i i feel um i really learned a lot yeah, well, after that first part, uh, just doing that research, I was like, I couldn't take enough showers because I just needed to get oh, that, right. that asshole out of my head. And it's 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 not good. And it's bad that that there's the there's such a negative connotation. Not I mean, it's just the the names come from mm-hmm. not good. What's the word? What am I trying to say? Um, it's just like S&M is not a bad thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it comes from bad, you know, like the name, the history it's, of it, you know, comes from two. Yeah. It's like the legacy disturbing. of evil. <clears throat> right. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Disturbing is a good word. Like the guy who wrote the biography on sad, uh-huh. he had to take a copy of that hundred days of Sodom. He went to some like, remote island by himself and like forced himself to read it and he you know he had to like do brain games with himself to get through it like mm-hmm. you know I'm reading this as a way of learning about him you know I'm not reading this for enjoyment um mm-hmm. you know of course this is horrible but I'm I'm gonna look at it very objectively and I'm not gonna get like um, you know, pulled into this because apparently the way he wrote it is the reader is supposed to feel like they're part of 
the bad people. They're part of the um, sadistic group of guys who are mm-hmm. doing this to these children and women and pregnant women and yeah, these horrible things. Um, but I mean, literally, like even the things that would be like, so just to give you a little hint, and then I'd read that and I'd be like, oh, I'm I'm going to take a break. I'm going to walk around for a while. And Right, right, right. So yeah, it's it's pretty heavy stuff. And again, you know, there are movies like I love horror movies. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't love gory movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't like movies that are like torture movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so but I mean, I can I can respect the fact that some people do like that and that it takes some creativity to come up with that stuff. Right. But exactly like we were saying earlier, there's a big difference between writing about it and actually doing it in real life. Right. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, ultimately, S&M is fine with two consenting adults. Right. The problem comes exactly. when one of the two people is not consenting and then it's an issue. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, piggybacking off of that, okay. on Netflix, there's <laughs> a show called How to Build a Sex Room. Have you seen it? No. Oh, my gosh. You need to watch it. Pretty much, you know, 90, 90% S&M. Okay. Some of it, there's a couple people that it's more of just like they want this beautiful, just private area sure. for themselves. Sure. But but most of them, it's, you know, they they have some kind of kink or, or yeah. whatever. Whether it's a sex um, Not swing all of them. Right, right, right. Not all of swing, them are S&M pole. necessarily related. Mm-hmm. But um, I've learned a lot about... Um, different things from that show and uh she's a little uh british woman okay and it's the host the host yes okay i want to be her when i grow up and there's um been um same-sex couples trans Mm -hmm. couples Mm -hmm. uh poly relationships and stuff like that so yeah it's really interesting and um yeah it's really cool i'm gonna have to look into that, that you'll, you'll like, like it it's, it's it's definitely entertaining too, yeah you know yeah. and um i don't and, know why that's not on hgtv right i mean it fits right in there with everything that's right in there do. just like trading spaces i was thinking the same thing <laughs> exactly like that yeah. that'd be fun if it was like trading spaces the x-rated edition the x-rated edition yeah, yeah. move yeah, that really, truck you'll really <laughs> you'll really like it i will try you, it out watch it Okay, and then we, you know, someday we need to travel to one of these sex-themed restaurants. And, yes. You know, well, just I just looked thing. up the Better Than Sex. I just Googled mm-hmm. it real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one in Savannah, Georgia. So at least there's one a little bit closer. You know, it's, you know, field trip. Field trip. It's for research. We should so. go do some, like, go to Savannah. There not there in Savannah? Is Savannah? it? In Savannah, aren't there like ghost tours and stuff? Oh, yes. So we could Savannah. do some ghost tours. Mm-hmm. We could do the dessert. Girls weekend. Exactly. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Well, thank you for, for that um, education. And then it, maybe someday we'll do an episode on S&M itself. There you go. Yeah, that's the, the someday. The practice that's of. The right. Someday. Cool. All, All right. right. Later. Later, dude. Bye. <laughs>